Amen. Has anybody got some jet lag from the moving her clock forward today? I do not want to get out of bed this morning. I usually rise up pretty early on Sunday and that alarm went off and and I still didn't get up. So but I'm I'm glad to be here and glad you're here. I'm gonna read some verses from the Song of Solomon, chapter two and verse ten. It is on the screen, I believe. We got the right one? Yep, we do. And uh, we're glad you're here. Amen. God is truly good. So if you'd want to stand the initial reading word, we'd appreciate you do that if you can. Um, the Bible says, My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one. Come away. For lo, the winter is past. Aren't you glad the winter's fixing to go away? <laughs> I mean, we might get some more snowflakes, but it ain't going to happen too much more. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree put forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love my fair one, and come away. Lord, bless today, God. Bless this word. Open our hearts, our ears, and receive what you have for us today. We love you. We give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Uh, I just want to say, you know, it's life can really turn into a roller coaster sometimes, can it? Sometimes it seems as if we are... In a slow climb, you know, like if, how, many, how many roller coaster riders in here? Anybody likes roller coasters? I love roller coasters, and uh, it's the only thing I can handle anymore. At the uh, those things, I can't handle anything with them tight circles. They make me sick. Used to love them when I was a kid. I can't hardly do it no more. But get me on a roller coaster. I love roller coasters, and you know, you're going up that slow climb, and then all of a sudden, boom, the bottom drops out. That's kind of like seems like life is sometimes where things are just kind of slowly going along the next thing you know boom something hits something goes crazy it accelerates life and uh, it's going crazy until something hits the brakes it's kind of what it seems like has happened um, with our life you know we had we had some plans for February and uh, then a baby was born and it kind of got crazy then we had a snowstorm then we had another snowstorm then we had another snowstorm or winter storm, whatever you want to call it. So it's like sped up, boom, the brakes just slammed. That, it seems like that has been our lives over the last year. A year ago today, not this exact day, but this weekend, was the last time we had what we would call normal church. We started off 2020, seemed like, with a, a big bang. We had good crowds coming. We was having great church. We had a lot of high expectation for 2020. We had we had the uh, um, the theme for 2020 being being um, you know um, focus focusing on you know doing things great and things was going good. We had new people coming. We had people had left. They'd come back, and then all of a sudden we had the mandatory shutdowns due to this worldwide pandemic involving this coronavirus. Then a week later. 
as we prepared to come down here on Sunday morning to do a live feed so everybody could watch at home from Facebook is before they told us we couldn't even do that you know we was preparing to come down here and I get the phone call and brother Donnie one of our finest men in the church passed away suddenly bus driver and as you know it would be six weeks before we would ever assemble back into this building to worship God as a body but also as you know once we did show back up on Mother's Day it was incredibly challenging and it has been ever since to say the least right um, mask and gloves and hand washing and hand sanitizer I mean I had some up here somewhere got a new one yesterday's kind of cool got actually an automatic one back there sister Cheryl said we probably need to leave that setting out them kids will wear that thing out but the world's changed it's, it's been crazy um, and it seems like I've, I've heard uh, our, our current president said that we still have a long winter ahead of you. Is anybody hearing him say that? And we've, we've went through as a world, as a church world, we have went through a long winter season. We went through a time when it was seemed to be cold. It seemed to be dark. We couldn't, we couldn't hang around everybody. And, you know, they told us we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that. And, and it has been a long season and even in the midst of all that people individually some has dealt with sicknesses some has dealt with heartaches and pains and situations we've had uh, all kinds of things that go crazy we've been through a long winter season and I don't know about you but when I experienced what what we had last night last night our clocks were to move ahead one hour for daylight savings time I, I hate losing that hour of sleep and you, good thing it happens on Sunday because a lot of times we don't lose that hour of sleep, right? Well, we'll still go ahead and sleep to that certain time. But that, that always seemed to be such a challenge to me. And, and uh, go find all your clocks, move them up one hour. I, I'm looking at the clock back there. It's actually right today. We never moved it back for fall. So somebody said, we still had not moved the clock a few weeks ago. Jake said, leave it alone. It'll be okay in a couple weeks. And here it is fine today. But it's so aggravating, you know, we've got to get it for this one. We've got to get a cheer, got to climb up there, move that handle. It's just it's so frustrating. And uh, we've we got to move the clocks in our, our, our vehicles. And if you're like me, it's like you've got to get the owner manual out to figure out how to change the time on your vehicles, on your microwave, or your, or your, your stove. We've got to change the time. But nevertheless, we, we were to spring forward with our time last night. And today, that's what... I do want to talk about today is just what we experienced last night. I want to talk about spring forward. Somebody look at somebody close to you and just say, tell them that it's time to spring forward. It's time to spring forward. Now, we live in a different time than we did 10 years ago. Anybody notice that? Oh, yeah. Different time than 10 years ago. And those of you that are on Facebook and have been on there for a while, I have a section that's called memories and I usually when I look at it uh, Facebook I'll go to the memories and I'll look and I seen yesterday were 10 years ago actually 11 years ago I had posted you know uh, one of the memes they have out there spring forward or you'll be late for church all this kind of stuff and but I, I shared it once again but I, I put a kind of tagged it on there and said you know I made the comment that for many of us you don't have to change your clocks right we got cell phones I hardly ever it used to, I'd have to change my clock or I would 
would get up wrong. But now that I wake up with alarm on my phone, so I don't have to worry about doing that, it just automatically changes in the middle of the night. And that that is really a real issue for uh, this long season of winter that we are seeing our lives in today. Because, you know, the pandemic has caused us this experience of a long loss, okay? Uh, it's just, I know we're just coming out of winter. We're going into spring. I'm always excited about spring. We're finding flyers starting to come up. We're starting to see the warmer days. I think it's going to be 70 to the next couple of days. It'll be great, and it'll be cool again this weekend. But, uh, you know, but after, after all, what that's, winter is about loss. That's what winter is really about. It's a time when things die out. The trees lose the green colors and they go go through the phase till they turn brown and they drop off. The flyers die and they uh, uh, die out and we don't have the beautiful flyers out there like we usually. That's what winter does. It kills things off. It dies. The plant life, the bugs, thank God the bugs die. I ain't looking forward to them coming back to life. But that, that cold that we have to deal with, that's what winter is, is really all about. And as a church, we have seen this long cold spell if you put it in a spiritual aspect or a life aspect, we have seen a long coast spell in our church. I've seen where some churches has had great revival in the midst of this. And I actually heard one preacher say this the other day. He said, they're kidding themselves. There's no way every church is having great revival. And what I've seen in my experience, Brother David, is great big churches really are having some good revival because their assemblies are big enough. They've been able to have people come in and they feel comfortable. Little churches like this, uh, as far as building size, people don't feel as comfortable as coming in because, like, I might catch something, this or that, you know. But we've seen a time when both physically and spiritually things have died. People have died from this virus. Uh, people have died spiritually from this virus. Amen. Because people just, it, it's been so long that well, they weren't able to come to the house of God, weren't able to get out in, in, in the church, and it cause a spiritual death in their life because they weren't around people that they needed to be around and we've seen blooms fall off from people who will look like they was fixing a bloom and do great and all of a sudden uh this this hard pandemic that we went through caused the blooms that where they were blooming but the eddie they just seen it fold up and they died and we've seen petals hit the ground we've seen people leave the church like migrating birds do at winter time they moved away or they they moved and done something else and that's why today i want to challenge us in in this annual event that we do every year at this time of the year to spring forward we we can't fall into that trap that it will just happen like our cell phones we, we, you know, it's so easy for me to say, okay, my phone's going to update. But when I got in the car, I had to manually, I had to be intentional to change the time on that. I wasn't intentional about changing the clock on, back there on the wall, and thank goodness it caught up. But, but at the house, I've got clocks on the wall. If I'm not careful and I don't got my phone around that automatically does it, I may look up and think I have an hour when I don't have an hour. It's time to go. And we have to be intentional with a lot of things. And after I shared that, um, after I shared that on Facebook yesterday, a couple people got on there and said, well, I'm still old school. I'm going to have to change this clock and change that clock. But we all are like that. There's clocks in your house we operate from that, uh, and this, just trust me, I'm, trying to get, I'm going to go somewhere with this today, that we're going to have to change manually. You're going to have to intentionally walk up to that clock, pull it off the wall, move the dial, 
<clears throat> or either you're going to go that microwave, you're going to get the alarm clock beside of you, your bed, whatever, and you're going to have to intentionally go to that thing and move that up one hour so that you will be at the right time. Some things are just going to happen. I know that. But there are things that we have to be intentional about. And it seems like so many of us will complain that we've lost an hour and that it, it takes a, a long time to recover from that loss. Can, can, can I get an amen? We're, at my workplace, we're actually going to work some extended hours this week. We're going to work uh, an extra hour and a half over for four days, which is not bad, but I was talking to Texas yesterday. I said, who come up with that idea that the week we... We move our time up where we got to get up earlier that we're going to have to work over. It's going to be hard enough getting used to that time change again, but now we're going to be working over. And, and we, unfortunately, that's, that's how we approach God and our walk so many times. We think that, you know, uh, we've lost some time and we've lost some opportunities, and we can never make that up. I know we've got some people like Brother Dave, he was... Uh, a little older when he when he come to the Lord, you know. But and I've heard him say that many times. There's a lot of things that I, I've missed and I've lost opportunities. But if we're not careful, we'll let that mindset get in us and think, you know, I've lost so many opportunities that I can't ever catch up. And it's it's and it's time for individually and as a church for us to be intentional about springing forward out of this winter season that we have experienced as a church and as individuals. Because I look at faces, I look at my own face in the mirror at the house, and this is, as a pastor, the last year has been the hardest year I have ever experienced as pastoring this church. It's been hard. Not being able to really see people and communicate with them like I wanted to. Not being, you know, you, we can say what we want, but Facebook Live from my living room or wherever I may be to the other side is not the same. I can't see the faces. I can't see the hurt. I can't see the excitement on people's faces to, to be able to really minister to them like I, like I need to. And we're, we're going to do that if we have to shut down with certain things. But it's been, it's been hard. It's, it's, it's been as if our souls has been in a state of winter. It's as in the church has been in a state of winter. And it's in my opening text today. We hear... Uh, we hear that in this I'll, I'll talk about a little more in a second but it says we, he was saying hearing the loving voice of, of the, the husband calling forth saying spring forward reach for spring and, and today that, that winter that winter time is past Good to see Misty come in. But that winter time has passed, okay? I want us to know that today. Things are opening up as far as the pandemic. But don't be surprised if something don't happen and now they try to shut things down again, okay? Don't be surprised. But in the spiritual world, I want to tell you today that that winter that we have felt in the world that thing is passing by and it's time for us to spring forward into something new spring forward because this is what this is what this time that this time change we had last night reminds me of sister janet is the fact that there's new things fixing to pop out new leaves are going to pop out on the trees new leaves are going to pop out on the tree there's going to be flowers popping up 
We the other day I come back home from work and I, there's a the yard across from me. The lady years ago, that's the same road I was raised up on. So years ago, that woman had all kinds of flyers in her yard, absolutely beautiful flyers. And even the lady who lived in it afterwards, she always had a lot of flyers. And she didn't keep it like that lady did. But all of a sudden, and every once in a while, we just see these random flyers pop up in the in her yard, and it's all growed over, leaves all over it. Nobody's living in it. The house is falling in. But I pull in, I park over there by it, and there's these purple flyers that just happen to come up out of the ground. Purple here and these white. When I said, I told Jake, I said, where did them come from? I have no idea. That's something new I've never seen before. I might have seen it as a child because it might have been there. But all of a sudden, it's like something. Why? Because spring is here new things is going to happen and and it's it's like i hear the whisper of jesus saying that winter that thing you guys have been through individually and as a church it, uh, the things that just seem like it just chills our soul it affects our relationships with god and others and, and that winter it just seemed like it would bury us under an avalanche of circumstances in our life that just keep us from uh being able to be where we need to be, be and it just dulls that sense of nearness. I, the Lord, I believe, has a word for us to spring forward. There's abundance that's coming in our lives. And we need to just lift our, our hearts up and realize there is a potential. There's a potential for something great in our lives. And we need to answer the call of our beloved. Let me read my text once again, I'll put it back on the screen here. My beloved spake and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter's past. This is Solomon in his story calling out, saying, Look, the winter's passed by. The rain is gone. Now I want you to rise up. I want you to come away from that winter space you've been in. And he says, goes on to say, The flyers appear on the earth. The time of singing of the birds has come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. I don't really know what the turtle is. I didn't turtle search dove. that out. Turtle dove. That's a, you're right, brother. No, it's a turtle dove. Turtle dove. That's exactly right. I was, the, I was a vision of a little turtle talking. So I've never heard that happen before. <laughs> I should have thought about it harder. You're right. The fig tree putteth forth her green. What's it saying? The fruit's fixing to come out. The vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. What... The Song of Solomon is agreed by most Bible scholars to be an Old Testament portrayal of the love of Jesus, the king, our king, a type and shadow of the King Solomon, uh, for the love of the church. His deep affection and a commitment for an intimate spiritual relationship is presented in the natural figure of this romantic love between the, the marriage of King Solomon and his dear wife. It is the same as if our beloved Savior, Jesus, is calling us today to come away from that winter season that we've been in. He's calling for us just as he, he does his love song to his bride in this story, the Song of Solomon. If you ever read the Song of Solomon, you'll see it's just a, it's a back and forth. It's a love story. It's really what it is. And, and a lot of people wonder, why did they even include that in the Bible? Because honestly, some of it's kind of uh, graphic if you want to read it you know uh, if you ever try to read the song of Solomon the message paraphrase it's different okay it's a little different but it, it but what it is it's a portrayal of how Jesus is after his church which is his bride the church is the bride of Christ and he's 
and it's, it's, it's like he's saying, look, you've been there too long. That winter's over. That winter rain is over. Now I want you to rise. There's something fresh. There's something new that's fixing to come to us. And, then, and as we walked in the house, uh, as we walked in the house one day this week, we was looking. Matter of fact, it was the day I got home from work. I think it was maybe Thursday. I hollered at Cheryl. She got home before me that day, and I said, Honey, did you see them purple flyers across the road? She said, No, I didn't. We walked across the road. I showed them to her. Uh, technology is so incredible. We couldn't figure out what kind it was. Jake and used something on his phone, Googled it, and took a picture of it, and he told what they was. And I don't, I don't remember what the flyer were. I, I was going to get a picture and put it on the screen. We could see it today. But, uh, but as we was leaving from there, walking back in, Sister Cheryl looks at our yard that has been ravished by this long winter, like I've said. There's leaves on the yard still. I got them all up. The winter winds have blowed the leaves, more leaves back on the yard again. There's sticks laying on the yard from the ice storm and all this stuff. No, not big ones. I got big ones up, the little ones and all this kind of stuff. And, and she looked at me. She said, we need to get out here and get this yard ready for spring. She said, we. <laughs> and, and, and this is what I'm trying to portray to us today. Yes, it is time to spring forward. But it's not just going to happen. Okay? We need to do the same in our spiritual walk with God. Just as we're going to have to intentionally, me and my wife, me and my wife, brother, it'll be mostly me, I know that. Uh, it's exactly. She'll, she'll say, get this, this. Now, she does her, she loves her yard, so she'll do her fair share with it, but we're going to have to get out there and intentionally get the old sticks out of the yard. Take and throw them off, burn them while we got it. We got to get the leaves out because she's got hostas out there. She's got some flyers out there. I don't know what they are. She calls them turkey season flyers because they always come up every year during turkey season when I was turkey hunting. I don't know what the actual name of them are. They're pretty. But if you leave the leaves covered up, they won't come up. She's got other flyers out there that if we don't get the leaves off from it, the debris away from it, Sister Michelle, they won't grow. And the winter season is over, so we've got to do that now. My point here today that I'm, I'm talking is it's time to spring forward. But in order to see the real growth that we need in our world and our life, we've got to be intentional about some things. Because too many people, we think that Christianity is a passive faith. In other words, you don't have to do nothing. And I, I do know that the Lord done the work at Calvary. He shed blood for us at the cross. He became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. I know that. But... A lot of people just believe the responsibility of us as a believer, as a child of God, it just ends when we just recite a prayer of commitment or we fill out a card and become a, a member of a church. And, and those who think that this way will just often want to happen, they'll just, that is all the commitment they may have and say, you know, I thank God I'm a, I, you know, I'm a sinner and Lord forgive me all this. And, and, that, and then they'll go back and live the exact same way they did before. And, but living the Christian life is much more than just signing a card or simply saying a prayer. There's much more to life, uh, to the life of being a born-again child of God. We've got to live intentional to really enjoy what God has in the newness of life. Amen. Now, we can, me and Sister Cheryl cannot do nothing with our front yard, and, and some of them flyers will spring out. Uh, some of them things will happen, but you know what? To, in order to make that yard look beautiful to what uh, like it needs to be for we got to get out there and be intentional get get things out plant new things put new things in the ground 
there's an old saying, in order to live by a garden, you have to live in a garden. It's the same way with our Christian walk. In order to really live by a Christian lifestyle, we've got to be willing to live that lifestyle. We have to be intentional. And it's something I've been talking about a lot, and I've got just a few points I want to go across today, and I'll be done, done with this. But uh, let me give you just some points that we need to do to live intentional, to have to get out of this winter, whatever, whether it's the coronavirus happened to you, whether it's a bad relationship that happened to you over the last time, or whether it's a, a sickness, whether it's addictions, whatever may be the case, there is things that we can do that intentionally that will bring new life in our life. And it don't just happen. It, the statistics doesn't fare well for those who said, all i got to do is, is say, oh, uh, I, I'm sorry and, and I'm good to go. No, it doesn't work that way. And the number one thing we need to be intentional about is we need to love God above all else. Amen. We have to be intentional. Because if we're not careful, especially in this crazy time, I was talking about the roller coaster time we're living in, if we're not careful, life will get you and it will distract you so much that God doesn't become the number one thing in your life and something else becomes number one or, you know, it just goes on down the line. That's how marriages uh, are, are destroyed. That's how relationships are destroyed when we're not intentional. Like uh, a, a marriage, if you don't make your wife, your spouse, your number one thing, that can destroy your marriage, right? It can destroy a relationship. Your job, uh, to really be effective on your job. When you're there, you should be doing your job. That, and it's, we have so many things that, that parallel with this. But when it comes to living for God, God has to be above all else. When we read the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6 and verse 5, uh, it gives us the core duty of every human being. And, and it basically it says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's your whole being. That covers everything when you think about that. That means your mind, your, your, your thinking, your, your lifestyle. Love him with everything. Jesus, we see him echo the same thing in the New Testament in several different places. Matthew 22, 37, Mark 12, 30, Luke 10, 27. We see Jesus, uh, he echoes this same thing. And the core foundation of human existence is to love God first. And when we... We live our life on any other foundation. We cannot live our life to the fullness. We really cannot live our life to the fullness. That's what Jesus said in John 10 and 10. He said, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I come to give you life. He didn't stop there. He, he added more to it. But not only life, I want to give you life more abundantly. I don't want you to live a life that's existing. I want you to live a life where you experience God. He said, I want you to experience me in my fullness. And when we love him and we put him first and above everything, he has a way to make it. everything else in our life fall into place where it needs to be. And so many times we want to get everything else fixed before we love God. But us as humans, we can't do that because our humanity is limited. But when we give God our everything, there's a scripture in Matthew, it's either 6.32 or 33, said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What he's saying, if you'll seek me first, I'll give you what you need. And God created us to be in fellowship with him. And when we're not, our lives are out of sync with what reality really is. Because when we live with our human thinking, uh, we get so focused on the here and now, that we forget there is something beyond the here and now. There is an eternity to live. 
in this life how we live here determines how our eternity will be spent and when we don't put God first then it, our eternity may not be with God and the Christian and our Christian's love of God our love of God must be the center of our walk with God so it will make God be intentional about making God the most important thing in our life it makes a difference and the next thing is we need to be intentional about loving others. Because that's not always easy, right? Loving others ain't always easy. Even, even if it's your spouse. That's not always easy. All right? We've been married this year 27 years in June. And to tell you that I always liked my wife, I would be lying to you. There's times, and you'd you be honest with me too, there's times when you didn't like your spouse. Man, I like them right now. I don't know. But you've got to be intentional. Whether it's your spouse, your kids, your parents. I know as kids growing up, there's times I didn't like my mom and dad at all. Okay? Especially when they had a belt and they were correcting me and, and telling me what to do. I like them more now, thinking back on the days, thinking I'm glad they'd done what they did because it made me a better person. But... We've got to be intentional about loving other people. See, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John that our love for each other is a... It's, it basically talks about our salvation. John 13, 35 says, he says, by this, he's talking about loving other people. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is how people really know, one way they know that we, we are really a disciple of God, that we love people when we really shouldn't love them. Because it goes beyond loving your wife, your kids, your parents, and goes into loving your enemies, loving those who despitefully use you. And we got to be intentional with that. And the way we do that basically is just we got to pray and say, God, help me to have your love flow through me. You see, Jesus, he issues this command to his, those that follow him. In John 15, 12, he said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? He went to the cross and he gave his life for us. He hung on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them, those that crucified him, for they don't even know what they're doing. In the Gospels, when Jesus was asked concerning what was the greatest commandment, well, he said to love the Lord. The first thing I said, love God basically with all your heart. And then the next one, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. If we love those around us as we loved ourselves, I mean, some of the things we, we say to other people, we wouldn't say that to ourselves. Now, sometimes if you find somebody that's doing like that, they, don't, they also don't love themselves. We do need to love ourselves and have a good self-worth. And that doesn't come from somebody else. It comes from God. God lets me know that I'm worth living. Uh, my life's worth living for the kingdom of heaven. And if I get, realize that he created me and he loves me, that I'll feel better about myself. My self-worth can't come from somebody else because humans will hurt us. You can't do that as a human being. This is what I'm talking about today. That, that's what I'm saying. As a, in our human nature, we can't do that. That's why it takes God in us that lets us see other people as God sees them, as flawed humanity, because we're all flawed humanity. We're, none of us are perfect. And that's why we need to, that's why God, we love God first. And when we really love Him, then that love comes back to us and that love begins to flow through us because there's some people if it weren't for the love of God I'd punch them in the nose. <laughs> right? Amen. 
there's some people they all want to punch in the nose but also know that I look at that person and realize they're like that because they've been hurt just like I've been hurt they've been through things just like I've been through and there's an old saying that says hurting people hurt people I'd be glad. And that's hard. That's one of the hardest things of Christianity. And that's one of the hardest. BJ, that's one of the things that, that keep people from coming to church. That's the truth. Because they deal with... Yeah, absolutely. But there is, there is an answer for that. And, and that, that, in a nutshell, that answer is this, buddy. Is the first one I said. Be intentional about loving God. Because when we really love Him... Like the Bible says to love Him. The Bible says God is love. And that love of God will begin to flow through us. And you'll begin to look at people different. I went to school with a guy. His name is Troy Giffen. He's a great guy. We went from all the way from uh, second grade to graduating. And I, we're still really good friends today. And, uh, you know, how many years it is later. And he was an honorary guy. I mean, if he, he liked you, he didn't like you. That's the type of person he was. And, and if you didn't... Uh, uh, he didn't like you. He'd let you know. And he told me, uh, his, his brother, uh, Brad Giffen's a pastor of my home church now. Uh, we're like best friends in the world. And, uh, but his brother, Troy, the one I'm talking about, I went to school with. He said, finally, we got him to come to church, or his family did. Brad got him to come to church, and he, he, the Lord saved him, and he changed his life, was baptized. The Lord filled him with the Spirit. And this is the words that Troy told to me. He said, Daniel, the way I knew that something had changed in me, he said, when I looked at people that I hated, and I began to love them. So, he said, when I looked at people that I always hated, and then I began to love them. And it's something you can't hardly understand until you feel the love of God Amen. going through you. And that's why the first thing I'm saying here with this is, if we're intentional about loving God, that love begins to flow through us. And then... We can be intentional about loving other people. And part of that comes from the next thing that we need to be intentional about. Is studying God's word. We've got to be intentional. This is God's love story to us. This is God's love letters to us right here. And the Apostle Paul tells us that we can't let the ideals of the world change the way we think. But we should renew our minds. According to Romans 12 and 2. Renew our minds through the spirit and through the word of God. And it takes, we got to be intentional. And you know what? By and large, most of you sitting here, you're pretty intentional about the Word of God because you, I've been doing this, I've been pushing this for 15 years, telling you, let's read the Bible. And, and so many of you, I know you're reading your Bibles through, but let's just don't read it to check off a list. Let's study the Word. Let's let it get in our heart. And it's very important because when you're intentional about the Word of God, the Bible says in John 1 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you get this word, you begin to read it, and it gets into your heart and your spirit, what it begins to do, God begins to get in you because you're putting the word in you. So we got to be intentional. That's what it calls a greater happiness and joy begin to come out of our world. And, uh, and Paul tells us in Philippians 4 and 8, he said, Think on things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely. And, and, and just you think on these things. And we start thinking about good things. And, and instead of all the, you know, we've all had bad things happen in our life. And the bad thing is that human nature focuses on the bad. But God in his word 
transforms our mind to think about the good and it is it is natural it is is uh, scientifically proven when we think about these good things it causes a serotonin serotonin if i can get it out right to that happiness feeling to begin to operate in your life more and we start thinking about these things so we need to be more intentional for this spring to happen in our life to be intentional about loving god and loving people and 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 putting the word of god in our life because it's so important and then we need to be intentional about prayer Prayer is just simply communicating with God. It's just simply an outward expression of our love and trust for Him and our fears and our uh, things that bothers us. It's just simply talking to God. You don't have to get on your knees and, and, and pray biblically, okay? You don't get on your knees and say, Oh Lord, Thou God, how awesome are you? You don't have to. Just talk to God. That's prayer. Just take a walk. Yesterday I went walking in the woods. Some old stomping grounds. I was growing up. I just went walking and just talked to the Lord. As if somebody had seen me, they might have thought I was crazy. I had to talk to myself. But I was talking to God. You can talk to Him in so many different ways. And it's important. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Well, what that means is just constantly have a mindset in your mind. You're thinking about God. You're simple things in, in our minds and just talking talking to God I, I'm, this is what's going to cause us to come out of this winter season that we're feeling and get us into a place where we start to feel this spring happening in our life uh, another thing I want to, is that we need to make sure that we become people of integrity okay we live in a crazy mean world and that as you were talking a second ago about somebody that's hurt you we need to be intentional that we're not that person hurting someone and we have lives that's in a life of personal integrity. And, and how us as Christians conduct ourselves in public places is a powerful witness to what Jesus has done in our lives. And when we become people of integrity and we strive to be honest and we strive to be truthful in our personal business and our relationships with people and with those that we're dealing with, not honesty and ethics and all this stuff is so important and we just make ourselves try our best to be intentional that we're going to be a person that somebody can depend on person that is honest and true it'll bring us out of this winter season that whatever winter season that you're in and the the bible it instructs us in philippians chapter 2 14 through 15 this is from the uh, english standard version it says it this way do all things without grumbling or disputing that ye may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in this world. It's unusual to see somebody who's honest in the time we're living in. We need to be intentional that we are that person. We need to make sure that we're not just intentional about you know being honest and all this stuff, but that we're actually living out what we believe, our faith in God. The book of John, uh, James tells us in James 1 and 22, he said, don't just be a doer of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself, but do what you're reading. A, a, a person who just, just uh, reads the word and we never act on what we believe, we've got to act out what we believe. Paul said in Romans 2 and 3 that it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers, those who do the law, 
Those who do what the Bible says. We have a lot of Facebook Christians nowadays that we see them on Facebook and they're the most spiritual people in the world, but we see them out somewhere else and like, they don't match the persona you was putting out there. And we got to be people of integrity. We live, we're being intentional to live by our faith. I'm, I'm almost done here today. And, and the last thing, well, a couple more things, but the next thing, last thing, we need to strive to be sinless. Now, we're not going to be. We're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We all are going to fail. But when we live in a lifestyle of sin, that is that one thing that can steal our peace, can steal our joy, and He can even corrupt our relationship with other people and God. So we've got to strive our best to try to live with as least sin in our life we can. And when we do sin, let's not make excuse for it. Let's be honest. And let's, you don't got to come, I'm not your pope or priest, okay? You didn't got to come to me Go to God and say, look, God, I messed up. The Bible tells us, and uh, I think maybe it's 1 John 1 and 9. Uh, but anyway, it says that we have an advocate, the Father, the Father Jesus Christ the righteous. We can go to him and ask him, Lord, forgive me. It's the difference between a Christian and a sinner. I've said this so many times, but maybe somebody needs to hear this. Day. It's the difference between a Christian and a sinner. It's not that we don't both sin. Because as a child of God, you're going to sin because you're human. But the difference is, we don't continue in that sin. We just go to God and say, Lord, I got mad today and I, I didn't treat my wife right. And you apologize to your spouse and you apologize and say, God, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I'm going to try to do better. Or maybe, you, you know, whatever may be the case, you've done but we're human. We're going to fail. That's the humanity. That's why we need God working in us. Amen. Because there's times that still, you know, somebody does me wrong, my first thought, if I'm not got enough God in me, is not, oh man, it's okay, I forgive you. Bust you in the nose. Alright? But if i got enough God in me, even though it may be my first thought, I'm just fixing to go there and tell them off. Then I realize, okay, hang on can't do that. God forgive me for even thinking that. That's the difference between a sinner and a child of God. We strive to not sin. We do sin, but when we do, we try our best to fix it. You're saying don't look for revenge. Yes, sir. That's it. But sadly, sin is something that we choose to commit sometimes, okay? I've, I've literally had people tell me, it's okay, God's going to forgive me for it. And go right back and do the same thing. It'd be like this, you know, you invite me to come to your house and I come to your house every week and you lay a hundred dollars out on the table, dollar, whatever you have to put out there, and I just pick it up and take off with it. And somebody say, Did you get that dollar? Yeah, I got it. I'm sorry, man, forgive me. You invite me back the next week, I just get the dollar again. I keep saying I'm sorry, but I keep doing it. Do you think I'm sorry? You don't. We can't just keep going and thinking that it's okay. And there are all kinds of sins that we need to get away from. Um, just a few of them here. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 10, 14, idolatry. 1 Timothy 6, 11, uh, Paul told him to watch your youthful passions. Um, Paul really sums it up probably in 
1 Thessalonians 5.22 when he says, just abstain from every form of evil. Try our best to stay away from evil things. And the key is James 4 and 7. He says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So when we submit to God and we say, okay, God, I'm going to try my best. It helps them things get away from us. Okay? So in closing today, I'm going to close with these verses in uh, Philippians 3 and 12. For us to spring forward, for us to be able to spring forward, we've got to be intentional. And the Apostle Paul told the Philippian church, he said, not as though I had already attained, either were we already perfect. He said, I know we're not already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I've also apprehended of Christ Jesus. He said, I've count not myself to apprehend of this. It is one thing I do. Forgetting those things of which are behind, I reach forward to those things which are before, and I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And, and finally, we need to be intentional about forgetting some things. Okay? If we're to spring forward into the things of God, we're going to have to be intentional about forgetting some things. I know you were hurt. I know that person done you wrong. I know that we've made some mistakes. I know we've done some things that we wish he hadn't done, but we can't live in the past. We've got to forget those things. A great man, some of you have heard me say this, a great man, Brother Chester Wright, he said this. He said, all the great things that God has for us is just far enough out of our reach that we can't get it until we let go of the past. It's just like me trying to restate I'm holding on to something back here. And I cannot get to him until I'm willing to let go of the past. Because that past is hanging on to me. So for us to really be able to spring forward, there are some things that we're just going to have to let go. Amen. As the Disney cartoon song, Let It Go, Let It Go. There you go. Ain't no worry, Makuna Matata. I like that one too. <laughs> So, today I'm just challenging us to spring forward by being intentional. Just as me and Sister Cheryl, we're going to have to be intentional and go out there and get that yard cleaned up. It's not going to happen if I don't do it. There's some things that are just not going to happen. Yes, sir. I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book on procrastination right now that's eating my lunch. Because <laughs> I'm bad about that. So, stand with me today. I'll be done with this. And if you feel the need to come to this altar and pray today, you're more than welcome to come up here and pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we're, we've been through a hard winter spell as a church and as individuals, Lord. I know there's people today, Lord, hearing me or still thinking, I know he's right, but God, how am I going to do this? Lord, I'm asking you today to help every one of us today. Help us to overcome. Help us to go forward, Lord. Help us to spring forward. Just as we moved our clocks up and we're all excited about getting more daylight in the afternoon, don't let us just see the more light, God, but let us be willing to actually get out there and do something with the light that we see. Help us, Lord, to be intentional about our lives. Help us to love you, God. Help us to love people. Help us to love your word. Help us to be intentional with integrity and strive to keep sin out of our life. God, just help us, Lord. We love you. We thank you so much, God. You are so good to us. And we just ask that you would help us today, God. 
We give you glory and we give you praise. And we give you honor for it. In Jesus' name. I challenge you to be intentional. We can do this. And so I, I know as I was praying that I was thinking, somebody's thinking, it's been so hard. How in the world am I going to get out of this? Well, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Let's take one step. Let's just put one foot in front of the other. One thing at a time. There's a, there's a saying that's kind of funny, but somebody says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> I don't want to eat an elephant, but if you was to eat one, it's one bite at a time. You're right, it is gross. The only way we're going to be able to do it, though, How do you eat one of the huge pizzas, right? One bite at a time. There you go. All right. Thank you, guys. We're going to take a break, and we'll get the rest of the service going here in a few minutes. Misty, so good to see you come in today. Yeah. Amen. God bless everybody. <laughs>